We heard it again just the other night, starting distantly, almost imperceptibly, with a steady build-up outside that slowly invaded our space until it seemed to be right there in our living room. It was unforgettable and is one of the great sound experiences here in the Daintree. What are some of your special sound memories? An orchestral performance in the Sydney Opera House? The song of a humpback whale? The rustle of palms in the breeze? How about a lawnmower engine at 8am on a Sunday morning? Maybe it's not beautiful, but it's certainly unforgettable. For me, there's one sound that's right up there with the others, and it's the sound of a frog mob, a frog chorus, a sort of frog vocal extremism. It's sound on the edge. Frog chorus, frog song, or buffy frog cacophony. Take your pick. They're all part of the frog sound spectrum, but it's the genuine full chorus that gives the extra magic. Let me tell you about our Daintree frog choruses and some of our special frogs. Some frogs bellow and croak like a big buffy rugby choir after midnight. Loud, enthusiastic and often out of tune. More grog than frog. With apologies though to the Welsh. Welsh rugby voices are buffy but actually very tuneful. Other frog sounds are more subdued contributing their own clicks, squeaks, gentle low-pitched booms, croaks and whirrs. It's only the male frogs that call out, using inflatable vocal sacs to magnify the sound. They call out either lustfully to attract females or to warn off other males. The sound often starts out as a solo, then competitors and different species might join in each in their own key and rhythm, of course, adding their personality to the general cacophony. It's noisy, it's complex, but definitely not yet a chorus. Now, just occasionally, and this is the truly special part, it seems that they come under the spell of a jungle conductor. The frogs slowly start to synchronise their calls with rising rhythmic intensity until out of this choral chaos comes a harmonious crescendo. And then it starts all over again. They remind me of endless rolling ocean waves, each distant wave creeping steadily into sight, following but not catching up with the one in front. Then, close to shore, each wave breaks in foaming fury, leaving nothing. Then the next wave takes over and repeats the process, except that the frog build-up is quite a bit slower, about a minute or so. The big mystery to me is how did the conductor manage to synchronise all those voices in the first place? And how on earth did she manage to get the boys to stop exactly on cue? When's the best time to hear the frog and forest sounds? Right now, in the wet season, because it's the major breeding time for most of our animals. Surface water has built up in the swamps and lowlands, the rain has paused and heat increased for a while, so there's more growth all round. Eating and breeding habitats for many creatures become much richer. At the tiny end of the food chain, creatures such as crickets, katydids, mosquitoes, grasshoppers, cicadas, butterflies, moths, dragonflies, beetles, geckos and skinks all proliferate. And further up the food chain, their predators are also in greater numbers. Birds, reptiles and of course the amphibians. Our amphibious friends, the frog. 
To give you an impression of how healthy the frog scene is here in the Daintree, I'd like to give you a few frog statistics. Australia has over 212 frog species and the wet tropics is host to a staggering 54 native species. And 22 of our local species are endemic and found nowhere else in Australia. In total there are five families of frogs in the whole of Australia and all five are represented here in the Daintree rainforest, just two hours drive north of Cairns. So when you're out and about, if you look around a bit, you have a good chance of spotting a few frogs yourself at night, in wet weather, when it's warmer or around the gardens and buildings where you're staying. Of all our fascinating frogs, I thought I'd describe just three, partly because they could be the ones you're most likely to spot for yourself, partly because they're quite common and because they're also big and buffy. Our white-lipped green tree frog at 140 millimetres is the largest native frog in Australia and is one of the largest tree frogs in the world. Its bright green colour and wide and white lower lip are absolute giveaways, although it's a master of camouflage. I've seen them so brown and blotchy pink that I sent photos to the Queensland Museum asking if they thought it was a new species. Sadly for me and posterity, they said it was just well camouflaged. The white-lipped green tree frog climbs and jumps really well and you can often see it around buildings because it just loves eating insects and of course insects are very attracted to night lights. It's all very convenient for frog spotting day or night. At the lower end of the garden is the incredibly beautiful northern barred frog. It's not a tree frog but a terrestrial ground dweller and one of the burrowing frogs. It's often well hidden among the leaves and debris usually close to the water. Very active at night, and really only active at night, and ambushes invertebrates, small reptiles and other frogs, as a matter of fact. It's also large at 130 mils, uh, with a striking smooth skin and a leafy brown colour. Like all the barred frogs, they have distinct bars or bands running across their legs, and those powerful striped legs also make them very good jumpers. By the way, the tadpole of the northern barred frog is the largest of all Australian tadpoles. At 160 mils, it's even longer than the adult frog itself. That's one monster tadpole. It certainly makes it buffy, um, but uh, I guess beautiful in its own way. And finally, the buffiest of all, the cane toad or bufo marinus. They can grow up to 260 mils, which is pretty big and they also have enormous mass, as warty and dry-skinned as a ryebuck or rummy shearer. They must only seem beautiful to their mum, or a rugby choir. The cane toad is the only true toad in Australia, but it's not a native. It was introduced back in 1935 to do a job on sugarcane beetles, but it's now much more than a pest. It's stayed, spread and bred. And they sure breed prolifically as they keep extending their range around Australia and evolving on the hop, as it were. Unfortunately, the adults have huge toxic glands behind their heads, which has killed a lot of our native wildlife. They are a legitimate threat to the survival of some of our native species. There's at least uh, one on record of a small croc being killed by ingesting a cane toad in the Northern Territory, but generally it's the smaller animals that are most at risk. So that's a bit about uh, frogs, but apart from our rich frog life, the Daintree is always sensational. 
and it's a place where you can immerse yourself in its sights and start to solve some of the mysteries yourself. And that means staying over for a few nights. While you're here, think about a Darcy of Daintree four-wheel drive tip up the Bloomfield track. Enjoy some pretty huge landscapes, indigenous culture, and whatever flora and fauna is on display. Who knows, we might even come across a cane toad.